It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are flying high on Locked On Eagles, your source for the best Philadelphia Eagles news and analysis brought to you by LockedOnEagles.com. I am your host, Michael Kist, from Inside the Pylon, Breaking Football and Grandstand Sports Network. Follow me on Twitter at Michael J. Kist. That's K-I-S-T. As always, I am joined by the best co-host in the game, Mr. Seven-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak of Bleeding Green Nation and NDT Scouting. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Oh. Every day is a good day to be alive. Mike, I'm enjoying this bye week. Ready to get chatting with our guest, man. That's right. We have a special guest from phillyvoice.com. He is the Vincent Van Gogh of MS Paint. He is sugar and spice, and he's going to bow for you twice. On with us today is Jimmy <laughs> Kemsky. Jimmy, how you doing, brother? That was a Don King-like introduction there. <laughs> I have a little special greeting to all of our guests, man. It's, uh, how have you been? It's been a couple of minutes since we, uh, months since we talked. A lot has happened since then. Yeah, when did we talk? Well, like, what part of the season was that? Was that even was that before the preseason? Season? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I gave my. Uh, you asked me for an over under. I think on Derek Barnett and the number of sacks he would have. Right, right, right. Does that sound right? Yeah, we also asked you, Jimmy, for your uh, predicted NFC East winner. You told us the Giants. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Thanks for throwing that back in my face. Yeah, no problem, Chief. I got you. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Jimmy, let all the gentle listeners know where they can find all your work and yourself. Yeah, like you mentioned, phillyvoice.com or just on Twitter, Jimmy Kemsky. Gotcha. Pretty straightforward. Very nice. All right, so let's get into it, man. Uh, I saw you wrote about this as well, but nationally loathed buffoon and journalistic equivalent of mustard gas, Skip Bayless, erroneously... <laughs> credited Carson Wentz with fumbling against the Broncos, saying he watched the whole game, yet he seemed genuinely surprised when he was told that Von Miller got a strip sack. So in typical Skip fashion, having not seen it himself, he attributed the fumble to Wentz when it was Nick Foles at the time. Here's the thing, Jimmy. Regardless of what the mentally handicapped had to say about it, the Eagles schemed up <laughs> Von Miller, and he was ineffective in key moments. And I wrote about this before the game on LockdownEagles.com regarding the ways in which we could neutralize or present Von with trash, and we spoke to about the utilization of hard counts and choosing not to block him at times on this show on Monday. Jimmy, you wrote about it for phillyvoice.com after the game saying that we essentially used Vaughn against himself. Vaughn got some wins, but what did you see after rewatching the game that made the Eagles so prosperous in relatively neutering arguably the best pass rusher in the league? Yeah, I mean, it did a lot of different things. Um, and did you say you, you, um, you guys said that the Monday before the game about just leaving him off the block or, or the day after? Oh, no, that was the day after because I noticed, you know, we got four oh, okay. from gotcha. the hard counts and whatnot, yeah. I was going to say, that, that was, uh, you know, pretty Nostradamus-like, if, if so. It was very well done. But still, you know, good good to notice it, you know, immediately after the game as well. So I'll give you props there. But, yeah, they, they uh, on their first two touchdowns, they left them unblocked. I mean, on the first one, they they ran that read option where Wentz put the ball in the belly of the back. I want to say it was Clement uh, or there might have been a guy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Okay, so he kept it, and uh, that just froze Miller just enough. Mm. And Akeem Tlaib, of course, bit on that action as well, and Jeffrey got behind him and went through a, just a perfect pillow-soft 
Yeah. And touch pass to him, and it was all over. The second touchdown, um, you know, pretty straightforward. It was a screen pass. A uh, little bit of a little bit of a wrinkle on the screen, and that it was uh, they ran play action. That was to Clement, mm-hmm. and uh, so they they faked the handoff to Clement. Wentz actually stared down. This is a very subtle thing that Wentz did on this. He stared down Burton, who was the fullback on that play. Burton leaked out into the flat. Mm-hmm. Wentz was just staring at him in the flat. He got the linebackers to move over that way. And uh, Clement opened up in the middle of the field. But what Clement did, you know, crucial part of that play was, you know, he faked as though he was going to be in pass protection. Mm. Von Miller must have had, a, you know, must have been licking his chops, seeing undrafted rookie <laughs> running back <laughs> trying to block him one on one in pass protection, and then yoink! Yeah, <laughs> Clement steps out of his way, catches the screen, and the linebackers are now gone because they chased they chased after Burton, mm. and he's got just a straight line to the end zone. It's a great play call. Great uh, eye deception by Wentz, and uh, it's a good job by Clement, frankly, with the way that he kind of okey-doked Miller. But that was two plays where they, they didn't block him, and, uh, you know, they, they got two scores on that. And what that did was later in the game, you know, it kind of messed with, with Miller's head because there were situations where he, he wasn't blocked, and he, he kind of be like, all right, what's up now? <laughs> like Then he, he was kind of afraid to attack the, to attack the quarterback because he had gotten beaten on plays in which he wasn't blocked. There was one play where... Uh, another read option look where uh, he wasn't blocked, and then all of a sudden, bang, Mac Collins appears up out of nowhere, and, and, mm. and he's blocking Von Miller. And uh, that wound up being an incomplete pass. But, but you know, still a, a very creative scheme that, that they had to, to kind of neutralize Miller. They chipped him a little bit. And when Lane Johnson did block him one-on-one, he handled him. He, by my count, he actually only had eight one-on-one opportunities with Miller. Right. And Miller did get pressure on one. He almost got to Wentz. Wentz had to flush the had to, got flushed out of the pocket, but in the aftermath of Wentz getting flushed out of the pocket, uh, Lane, Lane just drilled him into the turf. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. was, he just absolutely pancaked him. So you know, while Miller did get pressure on that play, you know, he kind of made him pay for it. Pro Football Focus had Miller as the highest rated player in that game, which I get it. He had the strip sack at the end of the game, caused you know caused the fumble, they return it for a touchdown. But come on, give some context with your grades. Like, can you watch the game and get like it's it's against the the third string right tackle, the backup mm. quarterback. Give me a break. Like, you can't have that guy. I mean, I'm not going to tell them how to grade their their, their you know how the, how the, how they grade players or whatever. But give me a break with the best player in that game. He got totally neutralized in that game, and you give a lot of credit to Lane Johnson for mm. for neutralizing the way he did. But the game plan by Doug Peterson and Frank Reich and, and Eagles brain trust offensively, they did a hell of a job neutralizing who I feel, a player who I feel is the best defender in the NFL. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And there is there were times where I don't know if you saw the one where Lane Johnson just smacked him when Vaughn looked like he was yeah. about to set up for a spin and he put him through the spin cycle. That, that was <laughs> absolutely beautiful. And like you said, going against Siamalu and running around him is one thing or whoever it was out there going against Lane Johnson and do that doing that is a complete should be a completely different grade. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the lock. On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. All right, Ben, what do you got for Jimmy? Right, so that offensive line play has been something else, and it's really impressive. So I guess my question to you is, you got an Eagles team sitting at a, at a surprising 8-1, right? Nobody really expected them to be the best team in the league. So as far as what surprised you the most so far for Philadelphia, has it been that offensive line play in the running game? Has it been the play of the cornerbacks with all the injuries that have been had there? Has it just been the, the success of Doug Peterson, who, you know, it was a guy who was brought in, and, and he was kind of a second choice, you know, wasn't wasn't really the uh, the apple of other teams' eye. It was just the Eagles that were interested in him. What's been the biggest surprise for you as far as getting the Eagles to eight and one? Well, all those things were surprises. Uh, I was a little I was a little higher on Doug than, than most. But the the, one, the thing that I would say is that you didn't mention. But I agree with everything you said. But the the one thing that I would mention is just how many positive contributions they've gotten from players who have become either afterthoughts or guys who mm. you know we, the fan base had just kind of given up on. And they've just completely resurrected their careers this year. Patrick Robinson had a horrific, you know, first week or two of training camp. I've never seen a cornerback get beaten as badly, as consistently as he did the first couple of weeks of training camp as he did. Uh, we thought we thought he was going to get cut, much less you know wind up having like a really significant role on this team. Yeah. And you have Vinny Curry, who you know, hasn't put up you know big time stats or anything this season, but has been outstanding against the run. And then you have guys like Nelson Aguilar is an obvious guy who has, you know, had really just two garbage <laughs> first two years of his career uh, after being a first-round pick. And then he comes out, and, and he's become one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. Yeah. And then even other guys like, um, who am I missing here? I mean, take your pick. I mean, they're, they're, they're just all over the place. Jalen Mills has really stepped up his game. You know, I think people kind of thought that he would improve uh, heading into this year, but he's improved enormously in, in, in my view and, and looks like a very he was always a confident player but I think he has reason to be a very confident player <laughs> now and then even some of the the rookie contributions like Russell Douglas has played better than I thought he would initially Matt Collins has chipped in some some key things you know Derek Barnett well again he doesn't have big time sack numbers or anything like that he's played well both in the run game and getting pressure on the quarterback so they've just gotten contributions from guys left and right that a lot of people maybe didn't think they would in the, heading into the season. Yeah, that's all. That's an excellent point, Jimmy. And actually, I want to ask you a question about some of those guys, which is more of like an off season sort of a question. I was going to hold it to later, but might as well ask it now. Michael Kendricks, Vinny Curry are the two big guys for me who've kind of stepped out of, you know, some some spiraling careers and really produced this year. And these were two guys who it was both kind of mentioned you know, in, in off seasons past and kind of looking forward that they'd be on the chopping block that once, once their contracts made it advantageous for them to leave, the Eagles would move on from these players. You know, we know they've been trying to trade Michael Kendricks now for a while. So, you know, looking uh, forward at next year, you know, uh, Vinny Curry is going to take up 11 million off the cap. You can save five. If you cut him, Michael Kendricks is going to take up 7.6 million off the cap and you can save 4.4. If you save him with the way these guys have played so, so far, in the, in the building, do you think that they will be retained through the rest of these contracts? Do you think they might restructure, or do you think Philly's still looking to move on from these pieces? Yeah, well, first of all, it's funny that you mentioned Michael Kendrick because he's another really obvious one that people didn't think was <laughs> too much this year, yeah. and I missed him. So, like, I mean, there's so many players that have stepped up this year that, like, you can rattle off, like, five or six names and forget an obvious. He's played, he's played very well. I mean, he's, he's been real. They haven't missed Jordan Hicks at all. They just haven't. It's amazing that Jordan Hicks has gone for the season and it's kind of like an afterthought at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, certainly Jason Peters was a, was a big loss, and, you know, you want Jordan Hicks in there, but Kendrick has really stepped up and played well, and as has another guy who, who's kind of stepped up his game this year as well, Nigel Bradham. But, yeah. you know, getting to your question, so 
Michael Kendricks, you know, I would have, I, I can't believe that he was still on the roster when the season began. Because uh, I thought it was a sure thing that he was going to be traded just with the information that I had from back in, I think it was like February or so. And they did try to trade him, and they almost did. They almost traded him to the 49ers. And even um, Kyle Shanahan acknowledged that when he had a conference call with him prior to the 49ers game this year. So, I mean, that's a guy that the Eagles were done. They are basically done with him. And he just, for years, has just kind of stuck around. <laughs> he, just, he just stays on the roster. And you're, and you're right. He's had a great season. And you don't know what Jordan Hicks' future is going to be because he's got to come back from that injury. And he just really hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. Uh, throughout college and the pros and whatever else. So you kind of have to keep him, I think. I mean, he's got a big number, like you mentioned, salary-wise, but I'd imagine they'll keep him. And then Vinny Curry heading into the season, I think most people, kind of, myself included, kind of thought, well, this is going to be his last year here because he does carry a huge number in uh, 2018, and he'll save a a nice chunk of that if they were to cut or trade him, trade, or I'm sorry, cut being the more realistic option. Mm -hmm. But maybe you just keep him now and, and maybe you get him to take a pay cut. I don't know if he'll be willing to do that now that he's had a better season. But, I mean, these are two guys, like you mentioned, that have really stepped up this season. And you'd hope you can retain them on the roster. Obviously, their numbers are big. Their, their salary numbers are big. But if it's working, you kind of don't want to mess up the chemistry and, and, right. and the way that the team has played. So I, I, would, I would imagine they may keep those guys when, when like you said, heading into, you know, during this offseason. I think most people kind of thought that they're somewhere in the 80 to 90 percent chance, you know, range of, yeah. of them be, both being gone. All right, so let's talk about then. So we talked about some of the guys that are, we may be moving on from or keeping in the off season. What about this season? Because you look at this cornerback group. Shout out to a friend of the show and my boy Damo. He sent me an article the other day that asked the question: What does our cornerback situation look like moving forward when it comes to not only Ronald Darby's return but the eventual debut of rookie Sidney Jones? So I'll frame it to you this way, Jimmy: Come playoff time, what is your best educated guess as far as who is starting outside, who is starting inside? Probably Patrick Robinson. Uh, who dresses? Who gets scratched out of this cornerback group? What does it look like in general? I think the starters are Darby and Mills with Robinson in the slot. And Razul Douglas is just there if they need him. And I wonder if they'll play matchups. So, for example, you know, Razul Douglas played well against uh, Brandon Marshall week three against the Giants. And everyone's played well against Brandon Marshall this year. So I don't know if that's the best example. But <laughs> but uh, Razul Douglas is a bigger corner if you want to get him matched up against a bigger type receiver. I was going to say the Panthers and Kelvin Benjamin, but they traded him. So, you know, uh, you know if, if they do face a, a team in the playoffs that, it does have a bigger receiver. You know, maybe it makes sense to give him some playing time. But I think for the most part, it'll be Darby and Mills starting with with Robinson at the slot. I have no idea on on Sidney Jones. I just I just don't. I have no idea what's going on with him and whether they what their what their plans are for him this season. If he doesn't play a certain number of games, I think it's five. He basically doesn't he doesn't get a year credit. Right. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, what it's called. He doesn't get an accrued season. So, yeah, right. minus that accrued season, if at the end of his contract isn't he only has three accrued seasons, he's not an unrestricted free agent. He becomes a restricted free agent, right. and then you can retain those. Guys. It's still it's still be more costly than what he than what he's making now, but you'll be able to retain him at a reasonable number as opposed to him hitting the the open market. So, you know, he won't like that, <laughs> and his agent won't like that. But you know, that may be something that they do if they really feel confident in the corners that they have. And I'll say one thing. 
with Darby getting hurt, when he got hurt week one, you know, everyone was kind of like, uh-oh, that's big-time problem. But it's actually worked out for them because mm. they've gotten Rizul Douglas in there and he's gotten his feet wet. And I think he's yeah. already proven that he could be a quality NFL starter. He needs to be your Jimmy. number one guy. But I, I'm sorry? I said, my man, I'm a big Douglas fan on here, so you, you helped me oh, out. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, they, they've gotten him some playing time. I think he's proven that he can be a legit starter in the NFL. And they wouldn't have gotten him that experience had Darby stayed healthy. And they're 8-1, and one, so they, you know, they haven't missed Darby <laughs> since he's been out. And I think when he comes back, he's going to give you know the defense a little bit of a shot in the arm. And they'll have a lot of – suddenly they have depth at corner. When before the season, you're like, mm. they have nothing at corner. Right. Now they have depth at corner with, with, a, with a first – with, you know, a guy who many people thought wouldn't even be at 14 before he ruptured his Achilles in City Jones. So – if he can come back and be a good player, I mean, they are set up in 2018 and beyond. Cindy Jones is 21 years old. Right. Jalen Mills, I think, is 23, mm-hmm. 24. Brazil Douglas is 20, is 22 or 23. And then, um, oh, man, uh, Darby's 23, I think. So yeah. they, they have four corners who are all very, very young, who are all only going to get better, and who are, you know, some of whom have shown that they can play this season. So, you go from – and you, you look at, like, what they did two, two seasons ago. I mean, they just needed a quarterback, and they fixed that problem. Mm. The next offseason, they just needed corners. Yeah. They get the corners. They fixed that position. So in two straight years, they fixed what was, their, in my view, their biggest need in back-to-back seasons and with authority. I think, you know, what Howie Roseman has done in, in the front office has been – I think he's done a great job. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And then we also needed a running back. And Jimmy, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about your thoughts on the jersey analytics and overall weight of the number 36 that Jay Ajayi has begun wearing. <laughs> you mean uh, in terms of him taking Westbrook's number? Uh, yeah, yeah. Plus, you know, that six is heavy. Last time we talked, Ronald Darby didn't want that 36. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't want that number. I think it was 33, actually, that he thought was, uh, was a heavy number. Or maybe it was 36. <laughs> but uh, I know that a lot of people have been complaining on Twitter and elsewhere yeah. that they gave out Brian Westbrook's number. But, I mean, what? come on. Brian Westbrook was a great player. You're not going to give his number out? I mean, all this number hoarding is actually ridiculous, frankly. Like, they're holding Randall Cunningham's jersey. They won't give out 12. Randall Cunningham was an exciting player. Give me a break. Like, yeah. give his number out. It's ridiculous that they're holding 12. Brian Dawkins, absolutely. Don't give anyone 20. Like, right. There, there no question. Don't, don't give anyone 20. <laughs> but McNabb, they're not going to give out five for the foreseeable future. And that's fine. Like, they're going to retire his number, I'm sure. So that's fine. But, like, Randall Cunningham and Brian Westbrook, give those out. Like, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Like, if you don't give out these numbers, you won't have any any numbers left. Yeah, either either retire them or don't and let let people wear them. I I, <laughs> right. I, I agree with that. Ben, do you have anything else for our friend Jimmy here? 
Yeah, I've got one more quick question, just just picking your brain here, because we're talking about injury returns. Uh, the Eagles' IR and the potential returns there are actually like relatively sparse. You've got Jordan Hicks, Darren Sproles, and Jason Peters all on IR, obviously, but none of them will be yeah. able to return later in the season because they all tore ACLs or ruptured Achilles. They ain't coming back anytime soon. Beyond that, you've got Danell Pumphrey, the fourth-round rookie running back. You've got Caleb Sturgis, who was the incumbent kicker before Jake Elliott, and then all that mania happened. You've got Chris Maragos, who's a depth safety. He's a special teams player and then you've got Dom Williams practice squad wide receiver Aziz should do is one of your depth defensive tackles Randall Goforth one of your depth cornerbacks the Eagles have the ability to call somebody back from IR do you see them doing it with any of these names nope <laughs> yeah I'm no, neither. that's the short answer <laughs> I mean if uh, Maragos can't come back Peters can't come back Hicks can't come back mm. Frozen coming back they're all done for the season so you don't, you don't bring any of them back obviously the only one who might make sense to bring back and it would only be if Jake Elliott got hurt, it would be Caleb Sturgis, and that's it. That would be the only scenario where they bring back a guy from, from IR if they get an injury. And Because they're, they're not going to bring Sturgis back and put him on the 53-man roster when they already have a kicker, clearly. Mm. And they're not going to bring him back in favor of Jake Elliott, because Jake Elliott clearly you know, <laughs> deserved to, to stay on this team and be their kicker going forward and, and through the playoffs. So nobody. I mean, they're not going to bring anybody back. And if they put somebody on IR by now, they have to be on IR for eight weeks anyway. So they're not going to exercise that IR with designation to return at all this season. Jimmy, it has been an absolute pleasure. Guys, tune in tomorrow. We are going to have the 1980 championship game between the Cowboys and the Eagles in narrative style with music and all types of game clips and all that stuff. Jimmy, one more time, I want to thank you for uh, for coming on and joining us and talking Eagles with us, brother. Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Remember, keep it locked on here on Locked On Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.